are tuned in to New Stars with Neil Clark playing the up-and-coming artist first. Hear their stories before anyone else. Coming up on today's show. Pain is so addictive, you never see a sign. No one hears me when I go your way. New Star Show, I'm Neil Clark, and today I'm talking to the lead vocalist of an Australian rock band who believes music should be, or should make you feel something, and whose songs tell a story. He is Darren Yarrow of Crashing Tomorrow. Welcome to the show, Darren. Hi, Neil. Glad to be on the show. Thank you, and uh, it's good to have you here. Um, let's kick things off, shall we, by um, how long have you long been in the, uh, the music industry, and when did it all start for you? I was a bit of a late starter. So I probably started um, oh, about 15 years ago, I suppose. I Something I always wanted to do was sing. So one day I just went, right, I'm going to do this. So I went out and um, decided to get some singing lessons. And, it, yeah, it all went from there. So, But as far as the Crashing Tomorrow band goes, we started about 10 years ago. So, yeah, nice. this is album number three now. So you're quite uh, a young band in your infancy then, really. Yeah. Yeah, so um, three albums, I guess we're a bit further down the track than we were with the first one. I, I mean, when you first start and you walk into a studio, I don't, I don't think anyone knows what they're doing. You just sort of wing it and hope for the best, and it's all uh, it's all new. But um, I think, yeah, we'd sort of, by the time we'd done this last one, um, yeah, I think our sound sort of come um, a, a long way from where we first started, so um, yeah, we're really happy with this album. So, are you from a musical background? No, um, I'm actually an electrician as, as a job, and um, come from a family of tradesmen. And uh, there's absolutely no one musical in our family. Um, and Greg, my mate, who's the the, um, the other half of Crashing Tomorrow, he's the same. He's a builder. And um, how we got together, he he was travelling around Australia and um, I'm a local electrician and he bought a house in town just to fix up. And so he rang me up and um, and it all sort of started from there. We started talking music and, um, yeah, and a couple of months later we started writing some songs and, and yeah, that's how it all came about. So how long has this passion for music actually been stirring away inside of you for? Oh... I'm, I'm a child from the 80s, so probably since way back then. Um, music, as you know, growing up, music was huge. Like every week, it seemed like there was something new and latest and greatest. And yeah, you'd sit in your room and listen to the the radio and try and record your favourite song on the on the tape deck and do all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's been been a long time. So what was preventing you from becoming a singer earlier on? We just didn't know how to start. You know, I come from a family of, of tradespeople. You know, there was, there's no no one in any sorts of arts in my world. Like growing up, you know, we all we all built things. We built houses and sheds and and roads and and do all that sort of stuff. You know, and 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 we're farmers as well. So we were from a farming background. So um, 
yeah, just sort of never had any contact with anyone who was, was in that sort of world. When I look back now. Knowing how your passion was growing and you wanted to sing, do you wish that you had done it sooner? Or started your, your singing career sooner? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But then sometimes things in life only happen when it's meant to happen too, you know, and the right people come along and mm. when you're ready. Um, yeah, I, I guess you can't change the past. You can only change the future. So mm. I'm sort of glad that, yeah, I, I made those moves and, and did those things. So, you know, you only regret things in life that you don't do. Mm. Of the things that you do do, and it's one of those things that, you know, I'm glad we did it. You know, Greg and I talk about it all the time. You know, you can, you can build these wonderful houses and you can do these amazing jobs for people, mm. but at the end of the day, you know, people don't care. Like, you know, if, if I died tomorrow, they'd find another electrician or they'd find another builder mm. and life would move on. You know, at least with music, you create something and it's there forever. Mm. When Absolutely. we're gone, our kids, our kids can listen to our songs and, and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's there, you know, can't take that away. So what was your first instrument that you started to play? Um, I just sing mainly, but I have an interest in bass, bass uh-huh. guitar. So when Greg and I write, generally, um, Greg will come up with a, a bit of a jingle and then I'll chime in on the bass and, and, um, and we sort of get a groove going and, I do a little bit of drums, and so it will we'll get a beat happening. And and um, but yeah, generally singing is my is my yeah. thing. I don't I don't play live. I'm not that talented. I can't do two things at once. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break and play your first song, um, called Jekyll. Now you've said that this is uh, a song, um, a bit of a, a rock opera style. Um, about the disease yeah. of modern times, depression, anxiety. Uh, it's a bit like having a monkey on your back creating self-doubt. That's quite a powerful song uh, with a re- really strong message there, especially during these um, unprecedented times that we're in because anxiety, depression is really amongst us, isn't it? Yes, mate, yeah. I've been, uh, I've been to the UK a bit and I absolutely love England, absolutely loving it, love London, and um, it really saddens me when I hear what's happening over there for you guys at the moment. So I could only just imagine, you know, being cooped up. I mean, it's been nearly a year now, yeah. you guys, so, um, yeah, you'd be climbing the walls. I know I would be. So, um, yeah, um, yeah, the depression thing, it's it's one of those things that it seems to be rife in our society, you know, and, and um, we the number of people on drugs, antidepressant drugs and stuff like that, it's, it's huge, you know. And I think at some time in our lives, everyone's had a bit of depression, you know. Like, you sort of look back. At the time, you might think you're suffering it, but later on when you look back and, and be honest with yourself, you can, you can. I know myself, you know, you, you go, yeah, I did. But, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, that's where that song came from. It was, it was one of those ones that were always in the back of our mind to uh, to write and, it um, it popped up um, right at the end when we started recording uh, this album. It was it was sort of hanging around. We had the music written, and I I sort of knew what I wanted to say, but um, I didn't know how to do it. And then yeah, one weekend Greg and I just sat down and, 
and bang, you know, it come out pretty much the whole song in one session. So wow, they say they're normally the best best ones that come out really quick, and yeah, that's how it happens. Well, let's play it really quick. This is Jekyll. Good morning, sir. Awake again, I see. Ready to go another round. Another day, another chance to make your way. Who knows what we might find. I live in the light, I create the shadow. Don't hide, I'll find you. guitarist Greg Stevenson um, in 2010. So you met up and... 
did you both have a similar kind of vibe for music or we did yeah so so greg is a like i said he's a an 80s guy he's um he's mad bon jovi fan um richie sambora he, he that was his um his idol growing up he had quite a, a tough childhood and he used to be stuck in his bedroom a fair bit and uh, the only thing he had was music and so he'd wow. sit there and listen to um bon jovi and, and, and richie and he wanted to grow up playing a guitar like richie and um yeah, to his credit, actually, as a side thing, he met Richie a couple of years ago, so that was that was pretty big um, wow. for him. So, but um, um, yeah, and both being in the building industry, we sort of we knew how to talk to each other and connect, and and that's a big thing. Like if you're going to write a song, you've got to speak each other's language, and um, and we could do that. So um, I, I guess that was. A lot of similar life experiences at different times. Um, so yeah, that sort of helped the, helped the songwriting, I think. And, and, um, and us as mates, I suppose, like, we are good mates, we're each other's best mates, so, um, which helps. And, uh, and understand each other and, mm. and, um, and, and, and song ideas too, you know. Do you both write the songs together or does one have, have the idea or? Um, of both right? so Greg normally comes up with a rift um, he'll it's one of those things like you can't turn it on or off like he'll just on a Friday afternoon be sitting back and having a, a quiet drink and um, be playing with his guitar and, and something will come out and with iPhones and stuff now you can you can send it straight to me and go what do you think of that and um, and most of the time it's pretty good and, and, and the song usually starts from from that and so we'll meet up and um, expand on it. Um, as far as the words go, generally we write the music first, but sometimes mm. the words and the music come at the same time. Um, but generally need a, generally need the music or a bit of a vibe, at least a, a chorus or a verse, and, and we sort of build around from that. Mm. So what's your philosophy on music? Uh, as in how it should be made or how... Yeah, I mean, what, you, what is your own? take on... Um, you know, music. I mean, how deep do you do you take music on how you should be playing I mean, it, what it means to you? I think music is really personal to everyone, and it depends on what you mood, what mood you're in. Like with with our music, we sort of we always think the music should make you feel something. Like we always try and get the the, the instrumentation. To give you, to make you feel something, whether it's anger or love or, or whatever it is. And then the words are a connection. So the, the song, what we're writing about accompanies the, the, the music that we've, we've written. Um, but as far as, yeah, I think, I think, um, how you, your feelings at the time depends on what, um, music you want to listen to. Like if I want to be depressed, I'll listen to Coldplay. <laughs> well, you sorry, heard that here first. And, and Chris is probably a god over there. Sorry, but uh... oh no, hate mail, please. Um, uh, so your songs, sorry. your you, your songs, 
do relate um there there is lots of relatability with your songs um and songs do have a habit don't they of either mm-hmm. triggering a memory of what has been or mm-hmm. to reflect on something that is happening in your life at the time mm-hmm. i agree and this is the power of music the power of music also has has a way of healing though hasn't it it does to to to, to bring you out of your doldrums to make you to lift your spirits unless of course you're listening to Coldplay which you <laughs> <laughs> correct um and, and the other thing with music too sometimes I can remember what song was on the radio when you know um I heard that Michael Jackson died or, you know, like mm. you, you remember where you were in that, that, that spot in time, you know, like, mm. um, um, yeah, or what, what grade you're in at school and, and what song was, was really great on the, on the radio. Yeah. It, it, music can, it, it's, um, yeah, it locks, locks, I'm trying to think of the word, like it, 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 it can, Lock, lock you into a time, mm. a time in your childhood, or yeah, or growing up. Who has influenced you in music? Wow, um, probably gonna laugh. When I was seven, I wanted to be Elvis. In, in Australia, here on Sunday, Saturday afternoon at two o'clock, they used to play all the old Elvis movies, mm-hmm. and um, you get to see. I think I've watched every one. And you know, and Elvis was the racing car driver, and he was the the um, the cowboy, and yeah, he, and he always managed to get the girl. He was the coolest guy. He was a good-looking dude, and he could really sing. But yeah, so Elvis was probably the first one. Um, more recently, um, probably Robbie Williams. I think he's a he's a great um, great showman. He's a good songwriter. Um, He's a whole package, really. He can move on stage. Great boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he sings about things. You know, he writes songs with about sub like we do about subjects and sees things and, and writes about it. He needs to do another rock album. He's, he's got to do another rock album. <laughs> oh, Robbie. <laughs> Come on, Robbie. Pull your finger out, man. Write a rock album. Let's take another break. I'm trying to be a rapper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll take another break and we'll play uh, Through Me. Now, this is a duet you did with Bevin Hamilton. Um, she's based okay. in L.A. and uh, done some backup work with the Motley Crue. Um, and you say she can sing. She can sing. A bit of a modern love song in this uh, world of internet dating, instant hookups. Some young guys don't know how to settle or commit if they find the one. Um, was that was that aimed at, this kind of artificial dating? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm quite happily married, and, and so is Greg, and so we'd, we'd sit, we got Smoko, a morning tea, we'd sit down at Smoko with these young guys on, on these building sites, and, and they'd tell us about their weekends, and, and so you can imagine some of the stories that we'd hear. Yeah. And then... <laughs> With these young guys, and then I mean, it's all it's all funny and dandy and, and stuff like that. But then when you really start talking to these guys, they're pretty lonely, yeah. you know. And this one particular guy came up to us one time, and he, he'd actually met this girl. And he really, really liked her, and and um, 
he was punching well above his weight. You know, like, <laughs> she was a really nice girl. He's sort of like, what's she, what's she interested in you? But, you know, and he wanted to hang on. He really, he was really liking this girl, but he did not know what to do. He did not know how to act in a way that he could create a nice sort of relationship where, you know, they might even get married and have kids and stuff like that. And uh, I'd see a lot with these young guys. It's not cool to want to get married and have kids, you know, like you're going to go out and play out forever. But, you know, as we all know, you can't do that. Like it's a pretty soulless sort of existence. And so, you know, in the world of, of Tinder and, and all these different, you know, apps, well, you can be pretty lazy and, and selfish and, mm. and, and have these meaningless relationships with, you know, with, with people. You know, they're, they're fun for a while, but it's pretty soulless. I mean, you see it in this young guy. Like he, he wanted to settle down and do something with his life, but he honestly didn't know how to do it. And he was hanging around with these other guys that were still doing that and they had no idea too. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's breeding this whole, you know, generation of young guys that, um, yeah, eventually, I hope they settle down. We need that for the for the for the future of, of society. You know, like we can't keep continuing. You know, our society has been based on on families and and marriage and all that sort of stuff. And mm. um, yeah, how long can this continue? You know, like this. I'm just hoping that it's a fad and and uh, let's say we'll we'll get back to to some. Traditional values, you know, and and love and and uh, relationships and all mm. that sort of stuff, because it is good, you know, it is good. Well, to to put a point on it, not everyone's photo on a dating app is the original, <laughs> is the real <laughs> McCoy. We'll put we'll put uh, the dampeners yeah. we'll put the dampeners on that one. <laughs> so if you're Photoshop, looking, hey? if you Photoshop has got a lot to answer for. If if you're looking at Tinder and you're swiping left or right, then just beware that the uh, photographs you are viewing may not be the original <laughs> person <laughs> behind the advert. Um, but uh, let's... Uh, <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, we'll swipe right and play Through Me. What you see is not what it seems I've got some tricks and they attract you to me Know what you want, easy to please Give you it all, so easily It's time to come inside Come on, let me come inside You're right through me You're right through me
Okay, we're back um, <laughs> with Darren Yarrow. We're back. <laughs> we're on Crashing Tomorrow. And um, question number seven for you, my friend, is based on the fringe. Uh, you're based on the fringe of Brisbane, um, Australia, in a town called Peak Crossing. And you started okay. writing music. Um, how easy did song ideas come to you? Um, some days they come really easy. And some days um, we bash our heads against a brick wall and we go down all these rabbit holes and come up with nothing. So it's funny how it works. Um, it's just I don't, don't I wish I wish we had the, the magic formula for that to make it really really easy. Um, not sure, mate. I'm not sure. So, are you a um, a writer, an artist that? pretty much wears his heart on his sleeve when it comes to writing songs. Yes, yes. I, um, a bit like this conversation, I like, I like, you know, I'm an electrician, so I um, and go into people's houses every day and work in their houses and I talk to them and and everyone lives the same, really. Mm. You know, they, they all have the same wants and desires and, and after, you know, years of, seeing how people live, everyone pretty much lives the same. And um, and so, yeah, and then I always strike up a conversation and, about their lives and stuff like that. And, and it's amazing some of the things that people people say. And, and sometimes just the way they say something or um, you, you'll get a line, you know, you'll get an idea. And I've got my diary in my, my car and I run outside and I, before I can get and I write it down. Or I stick it in my phone, and um, and then when we're writing songs, sometimes these lines just come up. You know, I, was gonna, I, I start looking at some of these things that people have said, and and Greg and I talk about a subject we're writing about, and it just fits. You know, and sometimes there's and and, and and that's I couldn't tell you the number of times that's happened. So yeah, they say the words of wisdom are sometimes spoken by others. You just got to be listening to it and. Um, mm. Yeah, write it down, prepared to put it somewhere where it fits. How many songs have you written whereby yours or Greg's life has been written into a song? Oh, lots. So, lots from your own, your own personal experiences, how many how many songs have been written with your your life woven through them? Oh, it's a statistic. Um, I just go back and and uh, and count them up, but it would be well over half. I mean, every probably every song that we've written is is either Greg or myself. Mm. Whether it was actually me or Greg, um, yeah, it'll be fifty-fifty with each of us. Mm. Yeah. So, okay. so there's a song on the album called "Why Me." Um, um, three years ago, my sister got diagnosed with breast cancer, and mm. uh, so. You know, she had two young kids and, mm-hmm. you know, she's still in her 30s and, or, yeah, late 30s and, uh, life was going on really great, you know. Mm-hmm. So, Greg and I got talking and we, and we actually started writing the music to Why Me and, and we'd written a, a, a chorus, I think, for the mm-hmm. time. And then about three weeks later, I'd actually been really quite sick and, um, same sister said, you should, you should go to the doctor. So, I've been going to the doctor and the doctor kept um, saying, yeah, there's nothing wrong with you. 
and um, I, I actually started coughing up blood, and and um, she said, "No, you've got to get a CT scan of your lungs." So I got a mm. CT scan of my lungs, and I come back, I had lung cancer. Wow! And so why me then went to the next level because it actually involved me. Hmm. So you can imagine my mum; she was quite beside herself. She had two kids that had been diagnosed with cancer, hmm. and um, so. The next month was pretty crazy. And in that time, we'd actually, Greg and I sat down and I said to him, sometimes the best music comes out of a, a really extreme emotion, whether it's, um, you know, Adele wrote, um, the 21, that album she sat on the end of a bird and her boyfriend had dumped her. So everything she wrote was straight out of her heart, you know, it was mm. a great album. And so I said, no, we got to write this song. We got to, you know, capture what I'm feeling now and, and, and get this song done. So we, we wrote this song and um, and fortunately for me, the, the good news was about a month later they did a heat, heat more tests and it come back I had a really bad lung infection. It wasn't cancer. So I dodged a bullet. Um, but you know the doctors tell you don't 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 Google anything. Don't 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 um, don't don't look at anything on the internet and the first thing you do is go home and you look at stuff and and when you see that the five year survival rate for Lung cancer is like twelve percent. You know that you know your time's limited if you if that's what it is. So yeah. um, so that's that's how why me come about. Um, but when we went into the studio, we'd sort of written it and we'd parked it, and it was about eighteen months till we went. And I hadn't even I couldn't look at it. I literally couldn't. Didn't want to listen to the music. I didn't want to look at the words. I didn't want to do because it was so traumatic at the time. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until we actually went in the studio, told the producer and. Um, turned out the, the drum we had, the obsession drum, his mum had died of breast cancer when she was, um, when he was 11. So, and we, when we told him, he, um, yeah, played his heart out and he did an amazing job and, and, uh, and Greg did the same. You know, the, the solo in, in, in Why Me is as good as anything you'll ever hear. That's in my opinion. And he laid it down in, in, um, in one tape, two parts, but in, in one tape. Mm. So yeah, it'll, it'll come together really good. But that's probably the most of all the songs, the most personal, I guess. Your first album was called White Bikini, which was released in 2013 and yes. received airplay nationally and internationally. How did it feel for yes. you to be recognised on that level? Um, well, it didn't change us. I mean, we're, we're just normal blokes. I said we're just tradesmen and we try to keep our feet on the ground. We've got wives and kids, and um, it it felt really nice. It felt really nice um, to be recognised and to hear our song. White Bikini was the the main song that was played on the radio. Um, yeah, it was it was um, it was exciting. You know, like growing up in the eighties, and 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 it was a big thing to have your your song on the radio, and and. And, and to think that it, you know, you're lying in bed at night and you dream that it was you, and then and one day to actually hear it happen, it's pretty cool. Do you think it's the radio, getting your music onto the radio now, do you think it's more accessible than what it was before? Accessible to get on the radio or mm, music? To get your song played, be because before, before, you had to go through station managers and things like that, and they would listen to it and... They would then vet whether it was the right kind of music for their for their station, and 
Uh, I mean, now um, you've got... You've they've, got... Still got to, they've still got to do that to a point. Um, but there's a lot more music out there. Mm. I think there's a lot more, you know, with home studios and, and stuff like that, there's a lot more people making music and there's a lot more variety and there's a lot more genres and there's a lot more of um, white... No- I mean, they call it white noise, you know, there's a, it, to try and get actually heard i mean i sort of described it be sitting in a in a football stadium full of pe- people and all those people are musicians and they're all jumping up and down saying look at me look at me play my music mm. play my song and you're just one of them so you know somehow you got to stand out yeah well i think you're doing that i think you are doing that now you went on Thank to you. Exp- you you went on to expand your material to give your fans a bigger sound and so your second album was born called lone rider um, yes. What triggered the want to expand, to expand your music? Well, what was the thought behind well, at that? At the time, we we only had one album, mm. and we made a decision, Greg, when we first started, that we weren't going to be a covers band. So when we did gigs, we weren't going to do twenty songs and then throw, you know, one of our own songs in just to introduce it to the audience. Um, in excess, the Australian band, they made a decision right at the start. I'm a, I'm a great in excess band. And they said they weren't a covers band. They were, they were their own, their own men and they were going to play their own music. And, and we were the same. So when you release your first album, you've only got 10, 11, 12 songs. So you need more music, you know, you need more material. So we went pretty much within about 12 months straight. We, we were back in the studio again recording, uh, Lone Rider. So, for the, for the sake, yeah, we wanted more material and, and a bigger show and, and more stuff to play. And, and at the time, Foo Fighters really big, a really big sound. Um, we wanted, you know, that seemed to be what, um, the, you know, people were wanting in rock. They were in big sound, you know, big band sound, big guitars. Mm-hmm. So, um, we figured, well, we'll, and, and we're a fan of that too, you know. We're a fan of that style of rock. So we thought, well, why not? Let's do a bigger rock album. We are going to take another break. And we're, we're going to play third track being Brothers and Sisters. And this is, this strikes a very strong chord with me. Um, because you say that not all families get along. And no. we, we've, we, we've Same had way. an off air chat. And, uh, yeah, my life has, <laughs> has gone a little bit. Uh, pay shaped in, in years gone by. I've been counselling, Neil. <laughs> yes, yes. Talking about the, the circles of music and whatnot. And, um, you know, how, how I came to be in the business. But it's not about me. Um, it's about you and your, your song. So brothers and sisters, not, a, not about, um, uh, family. It's not all about, uh, getting along. Um, why, why about families? I mean, it could be anything. Could be. It could be. Yeah. It could be. <laughs> and like, so we like to write songs that relate to people and and what's going on in your life and and you know there's been turmoil in my life and Greg's life and mm. our families and stuff like that and and I said when I sit down and talk to people they've got the same stuff going on in their life too you know like mm. the, the some sufferings are universal you know. Um, we've got a royal family at the moment, you know, brothers and sisters there, they ain't getting on at the moment, so. Um. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a mess, you know. So, um, 
but but you know in that song there's a bit of hope you know as well yeah. like you, you're still tied to the same parents and you're brought up in the same house as kids and as long as someone's willing to to work at it and and someone's willing to listen well you know there's always hope okay well let's play it every time we try all we do is hide every time we try we're trapped in the past look into my eyes are there words that'll save us someone bleeds and someone cries and never go straight Welcome back, crashing tomorrow, sitting right with me, or I should say across the other side of the world. Um, if you could perform with any living artist, who would it be and why? Mm, never been asked that question. 
any oh, living artist. That's the first for everything. Every, any living artist. Um, yeah, I asked for a living because there's no point asking for a dead one, is there? Hmm. Yeah, because you get that one comes up, the, the, the dead one, you know, who you bring back. Um, living. Probably Robbie. I'd like to sing with Robbie. I'm actually sitting in my office and I have a vision board and Robbie's up there and believe it or not, Michael Bublé is up there. I'd like to sing with Michael Bublé. Wow, okay. So, there you go. Because uh, when I first started singing, I actually used to sing a lot of swing and jazz and stuff. And mm. So, and of course his voice is, um, Boobs' voice is unbelievable. You know, it's like gravy, it's that smooth. Um, mm. So yeah, either one of those guys, that'd be cool. Okay, that's interesting. Christmas Christmas carols or something, I don't know. But why? Why either Robbie and why either Michael Bublé? Why why them two? Um, what is it about I just like them? them. Hmm? I just like him. I think Robbie's had a, a bit of a tumultuous life. You know, he's had some really really highs and some really really lows and. Mm-hmm. Listen to a lot of his interviews, and um, he wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, and the same with Boobs. He's, he, once again, depends on the interviewer, but some of the interviews I've seen with him, he's, you know, he had a, a pretty um, simple upbringing. Like his, his dad was a, uh, granddad was a plumber. Um, he used to take him around, take him to gigs and, his granddad used to do jobs for people in um, that own venues. Like he did the jobs for free, so he could get Michael in there to, to sing and stuff like that. So he didn't have it easy in the early days. Like he had a great no. voice, but he he struggled to get in there, you know. And um, he's made his own since then. Like he's he's probably the new Sinatra. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the way I look at him, you know. And Robbie. I think the world will remember him. He's probably the Elvis of his time. You know, you go through his albums and he's changed his style and, and mm. stuff. And I said, as I said earlier, you know, the guy can sing and he's the whole package like Elvis was. Um, he's a little bit crazier, but yeah, he's the whole package. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what has been the best highlight of your music career? Other than talking to you now? Apart from talking to me. <laughs> I mean, that goes without saying, I have to say. Uh, anyone talking to me is the highlight of their career. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's all downhill from here, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. Balloon. Right here now. we go. <laughs> um, but talking about you again, not about, yeah. not about me. The highlight so far. Mm. Anytime the song's on the radio. Yeah. Anytime the song, our song is on the radio is a highlight for us. Like, so we, we grown up listening to the radio. Working on building sites every day, all day, listening to the radio, dreaming that one day um, we'd be that band on the radio, and now it is us. So I'm and great. We're both the same. We're eternally grateful every time our song is on the radio. Did you ever think that one day that would be you? I did, but I did not know how it was going to happen. Okay, isn't that weird? And for years, I used to think about it all the time of doing these mundane jobs, and one day that's going to be me, but I don't really know how that was going to happen. And, and lean to what you said earlier, it was like I had to make those steps myself. Like someone wasn't just going to land this microphone in my lap and I'd sing, sing into it and all of a sudden I'd have this song. Like I had to make those steps, you know, and get lessons and do all those things. And But then when I started doing that, and it's funny how the world works, you know, all these things started falling into place. So I'd meet people and, 
um, what's it, I'd hear things or I'd see something in the paper or I'd, you know, I'd link up with this next person and I couldn't even tell you how it happened because it happened so disjointedly and so weirdly. I'd have to really sit down and think about it, but eventually it maybe got me and Greg to this path that we're at now and I'm, I'm talking to you. Too, so, um, yeah, the world's funny the way it works. The, uni- the, the universe is... The universe. Uh, is is very very um incredible um and the way what it works what does paulo paulo is it coelho the the guy who wrote the alchemist he said the universe will conspire to give you what you want and i mm. firmly believe that absolutely absolutely let's take another breather because i think you've deserved it and we're going to play your your next track being when we were young um, being a, a reminiscing song about life before social media, CCTV, cameras, <laughs> phones. Um, we all got away with doing stupid things and got no away one with really stuff. cared. Hmm. Um, you can't get away with anything. You'll get cancelled. You what? So <laughs> I said you'll get cancelled. You can't get away with anything. If you say anything wrong or you do something stupid, you'll get, you know, like... Um, you know, back when we were kids, like you'd go out and have a big night and you might have a, a vomit out the window or something. We call that a comet because it looks like a comet down the side of the window. Well, now it's on social media, you know. It'll be on social media for, for the rest of your life. You know, you'll go for a job in the year 2027 and then some guy will say, you know, on the 3rd of March 2020, you got really drunk and threw it out of the car. And, you know, I saw it on Facebook. And, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's there for prosperity well, like yeah, the, that's right it's um like back then we sort of felt really bad and went around and cleaned our mate's car up but and that was it and it was forgotten about you know you didn't it wasn't there forever but now everything's there forever yeah yeah, it yeah is. no hiding i mean what did we do what did we do before um mobile phones came around i mean i can remember going back and you you had to use a payphone a payphone mm-hmm. box and put 10 pence in or back in the day then yeah. it was like two pence and whatever um we didn't have mobile phones then and the world existed and the world still existed nothing fell apart right. nothing fell off no. if you was in you was in yeah. if you wasn't you wasn't um mate i used to I, my boss i used to have to carry in australia's 20 cents for a phone call so i'd have a pocket full of 20 cent pieces and i'd go to do a job and i'd finish that job and then i'd ring him up and say where do you want me to go next and that's how we worked yeah. There's no ring the boss up on the phone and or he'd ring you and tell you where to go, like what job do you want to get next? It was find a payphone and give him a ring. Oh. It worked. That's all you had, that's all you had. Do you think the world's got smaller now? Do you think the world's got smaller because of technology? Yes, and faster. Mm. And and people expect things faster. You know, they want everything now. There's no there's no waiting for anything. It has to be now. Let's not hold on to this song. When we were young. Seems like it never ends. This insanity is what we breathe. Help me live again. Everyone wants to know who to trust and who to let go. Don't lie to me. Lie to me. Please don't break. My fantasy We danced all night And spun an empty bottle No one cared that 
the sea. We dance all night, spun an empty bottle. No one cared about the things we've done. Rules were broken, shit got spoken when we were young. We were so young. The grass was greener, the nights were colder. Men worked harder and acted older. Roll the dice. Play your hand, we're in this game To win or lose now We dance all night, it's fun When we were young, this is New Stars Show. Um, Darren, do you think your popularity is based on how relatable your songs are? I hope so. Um, we tr- we're not gimmicky, you know. Like I said, we're just a couple of normal guys writing music that we like. You know, we don't um, just write songs to impress my mum's tennis friends and all that sort of stuff so um yeah like we try not not to have any gimmicks our our, our music is what we do and that's what we stick out the front so yeah i hope our popularity is based on our on our music and not what we look like or what we wore last week or or any of that sort of stuff that seems to be uh popular in the pop world i can relate to um i think every song and I'm sure our listeners can relate to them too. Um, where do you go from here? To write another album, like to, as in another subject to write about, or well, where, where do you go? I mean, with your with your any more projects coming up? Oh, let's talk. Uh, sorry, let's talk about writing another album. Actually, um, with COVID, well, probably like in the, here, there's there's not a lot of live music at the moment. No. So. Um, and I can't see it happening for a little while. So, um, where we go from here, I, I, I guess we're, we're practicing for, you know, getting our, our chops uh, nice and tight for when we can play. But there's still, I don't believe any light in the tunnel just yet for, for things opening right up. So, um, yeah, maybe another album's on the go. So, where can we get your music from? We're on all streaming services, Spotify and Apple Music, and um, every every one of those. Um, www.crashingtomorrow.com is our website. Uh, we're on Facebook. You can get us there. Um, just put "crashing tomorrow" in your favourite search engine, and you will find us. Excellent. 
Now, we're going to play out with your final track called Runaway Dream. Um, tell us about that one. Uh, probably like the UK, here in the mornings about 6 o'clock, you're on your way to work and you're on the motorway and the traffic's jammed up. And you look around and the guy sitting beside you's bored out of his brain. He's got his takeaway coffee cup in his hand. He's probably going to a job that he doesn't like either. And he's got dreams and he's not doing them, you know. He's fulfilling someone else's dream by going to work and doing that same mundane job every day. So, um, yeah, that's runaway dream. It's, we're, we're, the only person that can make your dreams happen is you. So, like, taking that first singing lesson, it's, it's yeah, getting off your, your backside and, and, and going out and, and, and taking those first steps towards fulfilling that dream. You know, they say climbing a mountain, the... The hardest step to climb in that mountain is the first step. Once you get that out of the way, you know, it's a lot easier after that. Well, we're going to play out with that. But first I want to say to you, is you. It, it's um, it's a, been a pleasure having you on my show. Um, but unfortunately, like everything, the sands of time um, has run out on us. Um, we're out of time already. Already, yes. Already, <laughs> just like that. <laughs> But I would like to extend the hand of courtesy to have you back on the show uh, again soon. Um, I would love to come back now. I reckon it would be great. Absolutely. Hopefully, maybe, maybe we can get Greg on as well. Um, And, um, you know, maybe have a bit of a jamming session going on. Who knows? Who knows what we can uh, strive towards? Um, Right, you can catch up with all my guests on tinyurl.com com forward slash new stars show that's new stars with a z um it leaves me one thing to say darren yarrow of crashing tomorrow you are a new star thank you you're very welcome um join me next time when i'll be talking to another new star and i wonder who it'll be from my guest darren yarrow of crashing tomorrow and myself, Neil Clark. Goodbye. These eyes are locked on a highway. My mind is a million miles away. Million miles away. Same road, same destination. It's all getting to me. I've lost control. Yeah, I'm losing control. All I see are people's 